you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Does that growing stack of bills and statements on your counter spark joy? When you bounce your third check for the month, does it rain glitter? Does thinking about your retirement move you to excitement or make you have a movement? (laughs) On today's Queer Money, we're going to go KonMari on your money. We're sharing the five places to focus on your financial life to make the most impact towards your financial happiness and security. You'll breathe a little easier after listening to today's episode. Today's Queer Money is being brought to you by the brand new Debt Free Guys 13-Week Leap. Make huge financial leaps towards your financial security with one single step each week for just 13 weeks. It doesn't get any easier than that. Get more info at debtfreeguys.com forward slash 147. Now, on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. And as you can tell by that intro, this week, John and I are talking about getting financially organized. I'm sure you know, or maybe even you yourself are one of those people that absolutely loves it when something in your life is organized. I think about some of those guys who are kind of sick in the head and have their garages (laughs) completely organized. You know, the ones where you look at the wall and if a tool is missing, you actually see the outline of what the tool looks like. They want everything in its place. I also think of, you know, maybe people with the bottom of their closet, super organized with all their shoes or Don't give me the side. Eye. Right? <laughs> Actually, I'd give the side eye to your sister who <laughs> has a junk drawer that is so incredibly organized. It's kind of, it's kind of insane. But I, you know, I think all of us have that, right? We have something in our lives that we love it when it's completely organized. And why do we love it? It's, it's because when we need something, or we want to go to that place it's familiar, it's comfortable, and we're happy with it. We like seeing it that way. I can tell a little bit of story of my past of being organized. I remember, I think it was about a year after I graduated from high school, I was working for The Gap. And after being there for a week, I learned how to fold all of the shirts and jeans and everything with a folding board. So what did I do? I went home and I looked at my cluttered mess of a closet and I said, I'm going to do something about this. So I went into the kitchen, I grabbed a cutting board with a handle on it, and I went back into my closet and I completely folded and organized everything so that it was uh, all folded up. And even the shirts that were hanging in the closet, I organized those based on color. Uh, and it was kind of funny. I mean, it lasted for a while and I actually kind, kind of, of liked it. But <laughs> <laughs> And what anyway. happened today? Because there's always a pile of clothing, David, David clothing <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> yep. All right. So today we're talking about financial organization. So we're going to share five areas of your financial life that make the most impact to get organized. Uh, so that if no part of your financial life is organized, you want to focus on these five Five areas, and our suggestion is to to do one at a time. Focus on one at a time. Once you've mastered one, move on to the next one. So, first one, our recommendation is to build your emergency savings account, especially because we can be denied housing, employment, and services in up to thirty states in this country based on our LGBTQ status. It's imperative that LGBT people have emergency savings account. And if Facebook is any indication, our community feels like we're under attack. 
And from mine and David's perspective, number one resource that we have to protect ourselves is an emergency savings account. Now, the traditional advice is to have anywhere from three to six months worth of living expenses set aside in an emergency savings account to prepare you for any issues. However, um, because we can be denied housing, employment, and services in so many states, David and I actually think it's wiser for us as LGBTQ people to have anywhere from nine to 12 months worth of emergency savings. Now, that sounds like a lofty goal. We get it. It's not easy for a lot of us. It's probably not easy for most of us. And that being the case, we don't want you to feel like simply because you can't reach nine to 12 months emergency savings in an account that you shouldn't try at all. So, you know, we've used this analogy before. How do you eat an elephant? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. And that's kind of how we want you to look at building your emergency savings account. So at minimal, try to set aside $5 per paycheck in an account reserved for your emergencies and focus on smaller goals. Your first goal should be first to set up the regular funding of your emergency savings account and then shoot for saving $500 in that account. Once you do that, you'll actually have more in an emergency savings account than up to 47% of all Americans. So you'll be, not that that's necessarily the goal, but you'll be doing better than almost half the country. And then, you know, shoot for a thousand and then shoot for three months worth and then six months worth. And in time, Over time, as you chip away at it, you'll be able to see that account accrue and you'll have in time the amount that you need to have saved. Yeah. And exactly as John said, you you don't need to have a lot of money to start, you know, even just doing $10 a week, uh, which I I know for some people can be a little bit uh, restrictive, but $10 a week at the end of the year, you'd have your $500 saved. Alrighty, so number two, create your happiness budget. And what the heck is a happiness budget? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us know exactly what makes us happy when we spend, right? We like to spend on on certain things, especially in the LGBT community. It seems like we have a core group of things that we like to spend on, dining out, alcohol, personal hygiene. All of those are things that in many ways make us social beings, right? Being with our friends, hanging out or getting ready or prepped to go out. Uh, and, um, what's interesting though, is I think about those kinds of things and I say to myself, are those the kinds of things that I necessarily want to be proud of when I'm laying on my deathbed? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I want to have good friends and I want to have, uh, enjoyed my life. Um, but I think about some of the big aspirational things, you know, travel, our community absolutely loves travel and giving back to the community, supporting those who don't have maybe the privileges or the things in life that we have, those things can make us feel really good too. And so uh, what we encourage you to get organized around here is deciding what you truly want and then spending your money on that. Those are the things that provide us real ultimate value in life. They're the ones that we, like I said, lying on our deathbed, we're going to be proud of. Those are the things that we're really going to be happy that we did. And one of the things that we have to do to be to do that is we have to estimate the cost of those kinds of things, right? We can't just throw it all on a credit card because the more and more we do that, eventually it's going to all get caught up and we won't uh, be able to do anything in life except for pay off those balances on those credit cards. Uh, So estimate the costs and then open up a savings account and start saving money for that and start shifting money from those things that although they make you happy, but they're temporary to the more important things that maybe can give 
you some long-term happiness. So that's number two. Yeah, I think about we just did a Facebook Live in the Queer Money Facebook group and talking about what financial independence means to us. And one of the commenters in there talked about how they're saving to go to Europe for three months. Uh, They want to really immerse themselves in the culture over there um, and don't want to have to come back within a week or 10 days. So he's saving to do that. And he knows that that makes him happy. He's figured out what the estimated cost is. He's got an estimated timeline for when he wants to get over there. So he's saving in a separate account accordingly to try to make sure he achieves that goal. And that's exactly what we're discussing here. And number three, uh, our third recommendation to get financially organized is to get banked. Um, As some of you may have heard in our Prudential uh, partnership recently, Prudential did a study in 2018, the Financial Wellness Census, which showed that 50% of LGBTQ people don't have a checking or savings account. Now, it's simply impossible to achieve financial security unless we use the tools and the resources that are available to help us get there. So David and I have become big proponents in advocating for LGBTQ people to start using the fundamental tools and resources to achieve financial security. So if this is you, uh, we definitely recommend going either online or to a bank in your neighborhood to open and start using a checking and savings account. Stop using payday loans. Yes, definitely cash is king, um, but you definitely want to save your cash in an account so that there's security. You don't risk losing it either to um, ill-begotten hands or just because you spent it inappropriately. Having a checking or savings account helps you keep those things organized appropriately. And as the more complex our lives become, the more we need to adjust our banking processes to adapt our lifestyle. And there are ways to get our checking and savings account, our banking plan to work for us rather than us having to constantly micromanage everything. It can really make your life easier. And that's exactly what we map out for you in the 13-week leap. What the 13-week leap does is, is it gives you one step to complete every week over just 13 weeks to get your banking completely organized and to start saving an emergency savings account to get you up to $500 within 52 weeks. So uh, look at the 13-week leap to help get you on that road to financial security. All right. So the next area we want you to focus on is saving for retirement. You know, that study that John just mentioned, it talked about uh, retirement as well, the prudential study. And what was shocking was that 27% of LGBT people, LGBTQ people are using an employer-sponsored retirement account. 27%. So that means that over or almost three quarters of our community is not saving in an employer-sponsored retirement account, even though many of us have access to them. And that kind of means that we're not planning for a long-term better future. And we really need to start planning for that long-term better future and and, and not just living for today. You know, I completely understand it. It's easy. And that was part of the reason why John and I got into all of our credit card debt. It was easy for us to just live for today. But the important thing is to remember that we do have to plan for our future. You know, I think that a lot of us would probably laugh at a parent who said, I'm not going to teach my child how to walk because they're probably never going to be an Olympic runner. You know, many of us think that it isn't worth saving for retirement because we're not going to have a million dollars or $5 million or half a million dollars. So we don't even bother. 
but it's kind of the same thing. The, the joys that a, uh, that a parent has in life by teaching their child how to walk and run and the things that their child can experience by just taking those step, those small steps is the same thing that can happen when you sa- start saving for retirement. When you start building a retirement nest egg, whether it's $1,000 or $10,000, as it continues to grow, you're going to start to feel some financial relief. So we want to encourage you to start saving for your retirement open an employer-sponsored retirement account with your contact your HR department. They can help you get that open. You want to get that company match. It's free money that your company will give you. And even if you have to start with just 1% of your income, you know, I think of somebody who's making, let's just say $30,000 a year. They're on the low end of the economic spectrum, but saving 1% of their income means that they're just going to be putting aside $300. If it's $300 a year, that's $25 a month. So if we can figure out how to do that, we actually plan for and start to achieve a better financial future, even with just that small amount of money. Exactly. And if you don't work for an employer who has a company-sponsored retirement plan or you are uh, you work for yourself, then consider opening a Roth IRA. You can do the same thing there. Number five, our recommendation is to buy insurance. You know, we were listening to the Nancy podcast the other day and they were interviewing an elderly gentleman who was shopping for a retirement home to move into. And one of the places he went into, he walked in and uh, met a couple of ladies and he told them what he was doing, why he was there. And they asked him if he was a good dancer. He said, well, no, not particularly. And he said, why? And he said, well, because we like to dance here. And he thought to himself, as a gay man, do I really want to spend my final years dancing with a bunch of straight women? (laughs) And yes, that can be fun at times, but that's not necessarily the picture of what retirement looked like for him. And so he wanted to have the flexibility and freedom to be able to go to a retirement village of his choice and not have to choose something lesser than what he was looking for. And so this is part of where buying the proper insurance can help. Um, in that example, shopping for or ha- having long-term care insurance, especially if you're going to need additional assistance when you're older, long-term care insurance can really be a lifesaver. Now, another thing to consider too is most of us have life insurance. If you purchase life insurance beyond what your employer provides, then look for life insurance with a death benefit rider. And what that does is it could potentially open you up to additional money if you're in any uh, critical life situations that can provide you some additional money as you live out your final days. Almost all insurance is better the earlier you get it. Uh, some financial planners suggest getting long-term care insurance or start applying for long-term care insurance in your 40s. For many of us, it sounds a little bit too early, but the older you are, the less apt you are to qualify for certain life insurance, such as long-term care insurance. And then there's also the lifestyle insurance, as we call it. Depending on how and where you live, different kinds of insurance might be appropriate for you. So if you have a pet and you know you're the kind of person who will do anything <laughs> to help your pet survive an accident or a disease, uh, including surgery, then probably getting pet insurance makes sense for you. If you travel a lot, it probably makes sense getting travel insurance. If you, depending upon where you live in the country, you might want to consider getting flood or hurricane or tornado insurance. Buy the appropriate type of insurance to help you live a secure life so that anytime anything adverse happens to you, you've got not only your emergency savings account, but you've got your insurance that you can fall back on as well. 
So those are our five recommendations, the five most impactful areas to focus on to get your life financially organized. First, build an emergency savings account. Number two, create your happiness budget. Number three, get banked. Number four, save for retirement. And number five, buy insurance. Now, if you have any questions or concerns about any of that, always reach out to us on social media, or you can email us at media at debtfreeguys.com. We're happy to help you out in any way that we can. That's all we have for you today. We'll talk with you next week. And there you have it. The five places to focus on to make the biggest impact on getting financially organized. Our suggestion is to focus on one area at a time. Once one is working for you, then focus on the next one. Don't try to implement and master all five at once. You may want to focus on getting banked first and then focus on one of the others. If you want some help on this, you can find it with the sponsor of today's show, the Debt-Free Guys 13-Week Leap. Make huge financial leaps toward your financial security with one single step each week for just 13 weeks. It doesn't get any easier than that. Get more info at debtfreeguys.com forward slash 147. Have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.